why have I suddenly got a load of martial arts people following me on Twitter? <laughs> That's interesting. Tasha gets on Twitter and everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello listeners. Welcome to the Relics of War podcast, the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and most especially, the Guild Wars community. My name is Ryan, some of you know me as Cole, and with me here today are Tasha from Split, in Split Infinity Radio at siradio.fm. Way to screw up my intro, Ryan. Thank you. Well, it was a barely, barely botched up. <laughs> How you doing, folks? Hope you're having a good day. And also with us from New Zealand, and also the mashup man himself, the Kiwi, the precious Christian S. Preston Esquire. I'm still precious, am I? Yeah, well, you do a pretty good schmeagle, so now I have to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it. A lot of people are going, wow, that's not the usual uh, Wall Street that they typically have on the show. So, you know, things might be actually pretty calm, except for the week we've just had, so maybe not. It's, it's budget first, I would cutbacks. Like... It's why we haven't got as many people on here. It's budget cutbacks. Yeah, I'm sorry. The economy's going down. So yep. Yep. we had to let a couple people go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear them again, you're going to have to donate. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of that, I guess I'll just get right into it then. Last week, we had a whole bit of audio recorded where we were putting out a contest. And we said, if we get $25 total in donations, uh, Jim from Pig and I would do a duet. Well, no suit. I didn't even have the show edited, and we had the money. <laughs> that's how. That's how much people in the guild were interested in. It was actually one person who was very intent. It's Spirit. You guys hear us talking about her a lot. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's. She had the money set aside. I guess she was like, "Well, if I'm going to get some singing out of it too, hell yeah!" So that's been <laughs> donated. So we're right now trying to figure out what song we're going to pick. And oh my god, some of the songs people are picking. I'm like, could we pick one that you know came after World War Two, maybe? God. I still think you guys do Guy Love. Guy Love would be fantastic. Oh, yeah, Amazing. from Scrubs? Yes, yes. Scrubs is great. I just wonder which one of us would be Turk and which one of us would be JD. I like, picture you more as Turk, to be honest. you got the sort of confident thing going. Not to yes! say that Jim <laughs> hasn't, just that I don't spend a lot of time around him. Okay, so now, Jim... <laughs> I approve of this idea now, since I'm, <laughs> <since> I'm Turk. <laughs> I actually like JD, but my god, he's kind of—he's so girly. He's such Not, a whiner. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I'm tall, skinny. I got the long hair thing going on, but he's such a girl about things. It's no wonder Cox calls him Sally all the time and stuff. I wish I could whistle like that guy does. I would do it right now, but then my microphone would turn way down, and we'd go back to the whole, you know, that that moment that's always in the mashups. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Ryan in a box. <laughs> uh, you um, can accept uh, suggestions by Twitter in case anyone out there has an awesome idea. Well, I had a deadline, and I think it was of last Thursday, and right. I, I just I've been slacking on it, but I can extend it and take some from Twitter. So yes, send us your recommendations by this Wednesday. I think I would like to close out recommendation time and then put up a vote on the blog. Will you Wednesday ninth? Yeah, Wednesday the 9th. So that's that's the deal. That's how it's going to go. And we oh, will okay. sing this, but the way we're going to do it is we're both going to sing it, our parts, on our own, like recording it. So, I mean, 
it could be, get pretty crappy if we're doing it live. Do it live! So <laughs> if you don't want to do it live. There'll be lag uh, in between you, and it will sound terrible. Exactly. It's much better then, to have clean audio and edit it together, and then it will sound pro. And I also have an auto-tune plug-in that I plan to exercise with it, see how well it works. It might sound like crap, but hey, you know, could be like T-Pain. <laughs> um, Chaz has a little note here. Too bad we let him go. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm not serious, Carlo. Keep listening. We still have Chaz. He, uh, he had something going on. I don't remember. He was supposed to be here. But, of course, he didn't make it because he sucks. But he had a note here that says, Shout out to Demonic Rain. That's a guild who asked for a shout out from us. I guess they saw Chaz walking around in an outpost. And they're like, You're from Relics of War. And Chaz was like, Why, yes, I am. <laughs> of course. Bow down. Kneel before Zod. Whenever anyone says that to me, I just go, Why? What do you want to say? <laughs> what <laughs> did we do wrong? That's how I am. I don't, like, it, it's kind of like, If you go to the, the Guild Wars main site, They're like, These are our fan sites. It's like, uh, that's kind of a mistake to make. That's 2005 thinking. Mm -hmm. Anymore, you don't have fans. You have people that follow you because most of the time they will give you so much shit that you can't possibly consider them fans. It's like even Ben. He's not a fan. He just really likes hanging out with us. <laughs> so yeah, that's no more. Good, though. It's if good to have someone who grounds you. Well, oh, in this no, case, yeah. lots of people who ground us. Dude, if you look at who I married, obviously I prefer someone that gives me sass over somebody that, you know, is a yes man. Yes. Oh, I, w I wouldn't marry a yes man anyway. I'd marry a yes woman. <laughs> anyway, we're totally going the so, wrong direction here. <laughs> Jim Carrey's no good for you. Yeah. Um, and he, so, Chaz also said here, also, Ryan lives in American Burn. Well, that was a shitty burn if I've ever seen one. I live it in American. You're an idiot. Uh, glad you weren't here, Chaz. <clears throat> what else do we have here? Oh, we were going to talk about leaks a little bit, um, because some of the news is about a new profession that came out this week called The Thief, and also about Embark Beach for Guild Wars Awesome, but the nature of it, since people are really wanting us to talk about it, is kind of simple. Well, no, it's not simple. What happened was, uh, what, what day was it? It was Thursday morning? I think, I think it's just sort of two different things here. I think we take them both separately, probably easier. I reckon okay. start with Guild Wars 2 first, because that was... The slightly simpler one. Yeah, so, okay, Thursday morning, we all wake up and there are videos on GameTrailers.com of this new profession called The Thief. Well, we don't see anything on the ArenaNet sites or anything else, not even Massively. You go to Massively and you know whether or not it was a leak or not. And, um, right, I saw the videos, you know, at first, and I'm thinking, this is cool, and then we even had a blog post from NZ, and it was well-written and stuff. But then I realized, oh, crap, this is not... You know, this is not condoned. This isn't something that should be up yet. So I'm peeling a blog post here and all that. Turns out what happened with game trailers is most of us kind of have a sneaking suspicion that they had a case of the ass about the way the Guardian was leaked. So they were like, oh, yeah? So when they got this, well, now we're going to leak too. But what these people don't realize is how many people you screw over just with your childish, you know, your childish, what's the word? I'm like, grudges. So. Mm -hmm. In essence, I'm saying game trailers, I like your site, but you're a bunch of bastards. But those were great infamous two videos you had posted. I can't hate you. Not that much. So anyway, the, uh, ArenaNet had them peel those trailers down for a little while. Then they got everybody on the same page and that was released. But yeah, I don't know. That kind of stuff's got to stop. I think it's, it's also spoiled what's going to happen at PAX East for next week. Because it's pretty much assumed now that the re reveal of the thief was going to be the big surprise for Friday morning at PAX East. Mm -hmm. So... 
I've seen more than one person saying that they feel kind of cheated because they've paid all this money up front to go to PAX, to go and play the demo and get be there when the surprise is revealed and now it's been broken early and um, yeah, they're not very happy yeah. about it. The whole point was that there was a whole load of fan sites who are, oh, and like media outlets that were brought together, shown this presentation and um, basically said, Tolls, keep quiet about it. Um, and Game Trailers didn't. My advice to them is... Don't ask anybody to keep quiet. Give it to them when it's time to release it. You can't rely on people. You can't yeah. Because yeah. we, we had a similar situation to game trailers this week. We had that interview with John Stummy. A lot of you probably haven't even heard it by looking at the numbers. Um, and that's, that's because 12 hours before... Okay, so the day before we released our John Stummy interview, some sites from either Italy or Holland or both or something leaked most of the Embark Beach information other than the mercenary heroes, so I was writing into ArenaNet and I'm telling him, you know, wasn't us, I'm really sorry, going all rocket man on him. Wasn't me! <laughs> but, um, in the end, like, I, I go to sleep that night, everything's cool, everything seems fine, wake up the next morning, and War Tower has released this video of an interview with John Stummy, which was a pretty good interview, other than you could tell that they were spliced together, and that they weren't really talking. I didn't get into that, but it's it's a good video otherwise. Um... That was released that night while I was sleeping. I wake up and I'm like, well, why the hell did I put five hours into this? So I also want to apologize to the listeners. I'm, I'm sorry. That was, I would have released it earlier. Didn't get the go ahead. So, you know, it's shitty. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. I um, think from, from my perspective or the general fans perspective, uh, while it's awesome in terms of the Guild Wars 2 stuff, uh, to see a new profession, personally, I did get a little bit disappointed when uh, we saw that uh, that that short video snippet that they posted on the ANET blog, which would have been the kind of teaser to PAX East, finishing with Anon running across the screen, dual pistols, and you can imagine everyone would have been going crazy had the thief not been released about that video. Yeah, they'd be like, what is that? Is that the assassin or is this the gunner class? Now we all know there's probably no gunner, first of all, which makes Tiger happy, I'm sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back that up. <laughs> Why? Well, okay, so maybe there is still a profession coming up that's gun related, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and say not likely, personally. There's, the, the last two professions have to be gun only, or one of them has to be gun only, as we've heard before, that there will be a profession that could only use guns, and the thief can use bows and guns. Oh, they said there's one that can only use guns? Mm. Yes. yes. Oh, then I... Okay, this crow tastes yummy. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, that that tells me that the last profession is a gun-specific class, then. My bad. <laughs> well, well, if I go the other way, uh, that could still... That could still imply that perhaps, for example, if you took the Mesmer and gave them a pistol as an offhand, yeah. uh, that would be gun only because I can't see a Mesmer wielding a, a bow. That's... Yeah. No, I, I can go with that. I'm just saying there is going to be a gun only class mm. okay. coming up well, in I'm, one of the last I'm two. Glad you I, I'll allow it. I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, in that case, um, right. So I can see why game trailers did what they did, but. I also, like, I should say, I can only see why. I do not empathize with them or anything like that because that was still childish and stupid. Uh, me personally, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go for another interview like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that was seriously a waste of my time. Well, it's either childish and stupid or unprofessional. Because Although what was not... I'm sorry, well, go ahead. 
No, is if it the thing is that from games trailer's perspective, we don't really know exactly what went on there. Was it a mistake that these videos were made live? Were they done by accident? Someone put all the the footage up there and it accidentally got pushed live? Um, or is it that they oh. purposely released it? If it's the former, then they're unprofessional. If it's just the latter, then they're jackasses. Yeah, I was going with Occam's Razor, but it's just as possibly simple that the stuff was prepped and ready to go. And yeah. then someone, it's like if I if I put together my stummy interview post on the blog and somebody saw it and said, well, that looks good, and just posted it on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Could have been similar to that. Yeah, exactly. The stuff with um, the interview with um, relation to Guild Wars this week, I think, was rather lame because we weren't the only ones who weren't given the go-ahead, massively weren't given the go-ahead yeah. either. Um, it just seems like if you're going to lift the embargo, do it on everyone. And it's not about exclusivity. It's just about, you know, I, I put five hours into it. Like yeah, I'm editing about, the show, and if it's no use, then it's yeah. yeah it's like it's, it's about establishing where the go-to point for the information is, mm-hmm. and by us being sort of twelve hours behind War Tower, it kind of made us completely, you know, non-functional, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, that's it, what using, I'm looking for. Yeah, using the tracking numbers, it was obvious that you know our first interview with Stummy got loaded. I mean, Bluehost freaked out about that. This time, it's like. Was that supposed to be an episode? <laughs> well, alright, whatever. Um, but I will say that it wasn't a waste of time in only the fact that I have a lot of fun talking to Stummy. That guy's, well, obviously he does voices, so we're both like a couple of Robin Williams sitting there. <laughs> Apparently, according to Christian, doing terrible, Chris, or not terrible, but very American Scottish accents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when I hear actual Scottish people talking, it is very downplayed compared to how we do it. <laughs> We're well, over here going Braveheart on it. <laughs> I think it also depends uh, where in Scotland the person you're listening to comes from because there is a decent amount of variety throughout Scotland as well. Yeah, yeah there is. That's why uh, last week I was trying to place where, where in Scotland your accent was because it sounded more Glaswegian to Edinburgh. Right. That drives me crazy because... to be honest. <laughs> if you come to America and you go to Utah, New Mexico... Colorado, Montana, that huge area there, we all sound the same. Yeah. But it, and that's, that's huge compared, well, that's, I don't know how that compares to Britain in size. I think it's quite a bit bigger. Um, Britain would fit inside Florida, so yeah. Oh, okay. So there you have it. <laughs> Where you go to this, these small areas over here in the, Europe and it's like, oh yeah, well, which of these 15 accents are you? Well, son of a bitch, I could run to the next city. You guys actually talk different just in that short <laughs> jaunt. Yes. It's bizarre. Very much so. I guess that means we Americans aren't creative enough with the way we talk. And to be honest, I think that's probably why people, um, I've heard it said a lot of times, people can't place my accent and sometimes people think I'm Australian. It's because my accent is a mixture of three different uh, dialects um, in the UK because I was born in one town and then moved to another town and then went to uni in another town. So I've kind of got all three of them together and no one can work out where I'm meant to be from. So, well, yeah. You, yeah, you don't sound anything like the resident Australian on this show, which is JR. <laughs> and he's um, from the. I think he's from the other side of the country. In fact, actually, Jr. I'm not entirely sure where he is, but yeah. Yeah, to clarify, so. he's actually British, but he sounds pretty, pretty Aussie to me. Yeah, I did. That did uh, occur to me at some point. I was like, "Hey, is this guy not from the UK?" That's funny. So even even the Kiwi sees what I'm talking about. Now we know that it's a legitimate Jr. You can't you can't bust my balls for this one. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I guess this is enough random jabber. Oh, my car's freezing. So, here's sequel Scuttlebutt. 
If you love MMOs, you'll want to check out Guild Wars 2. And if you hate MMOs, you'll really want to check out Guild Wars 2. Hey, that's nice. I'm going to let you finish. But first of all, I want to say that uh, Milos has a much better sequel scuttlebutt. Traditional char methods of gathering intelligence include looting human corpses, producing human corpses, then looting them, and wondering how did those secret plants end up human stew. But now we have a truce with humans, so smart char takes the next best thing. Sequel scuttlebutt. Awesome. That's yeah. pro. <laughs> his name is Milos. I'm not going to say his last name yet. Is Milos or Milos? He's Serbian, so I don't know. Anyway, he, in his email, he also said he really wants to... Well, he, he bitched about iTunes, which I'll allow. And then what else did he say? I, I guess I'll read this question later on. But um, he also said he wanted to write a review in Serbian just to try and hear me speak Serbian. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. go for it if you want to. I mean, I'm singing. It can't be worse than the singing that I'm going to do. So that was probably his natural English accent. You know, I don't know, actually. Okay. He was he was going so far into the char thing, too, which is hard to do, man. I've tried to do the Ridlock Brimstone. Hmm. It's, it's pretty hard to do a voice and then also another language. Yeah. Have we trying. actually, I think, speaking of voice work, have we actually heard a female char yet? A female char? No, I don't think so. Uh, that would be an interesting one to hear. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, okay, we were going to talk about voices anyway for sequel Scudbus, so let's just do it. Um, I'm hoping the Char voice work is good. <laughs> I, I know Ruby was saying some things about the, the wordage that they chose earlier, and Christian nailed me on it. He pretty much pitted me against her on accident. <laughs> but this last episode of Guildcast that I listened to, she was talking about how she didn't like the voice work quality, like how the, good the voice acting was. And when it comes to the Norn, man, I got to side with her on that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I wasn't brought in at all. I, I felt but the same way. The thing is, I mean, these, this voice work is sweeping. It's all across the game. So there's so much you know that they're doing. They can't quite, they can't possibly be clamping down that hard on making sure it's all so good. You can tell they're way more interested in their, their graphics and stuff. But. but I have to say, when they add the uh, the voice to the videos, so from the videos we've seen of the Norn starter area, it does sort of marry a bit better. My main um, kind of disappointment was that listening to the Norn voices didn't really sound like they were Norn. They just sounded like they were still human. I don't know if that was for some reason I presumed that the Norn would have an accent of some sort or if they'd just have much uh, deeper, more resonant voices. Um, so once you match up the visual of a big, tall, huge Norn talking with those voices, it's not as sort of disappointing, I guess. Yeah, it adds a little bit of a, a context or an accentuation. Mm. It's like, what you're hearing is this guy, so your imagination's not trying to assign something to the voice instead. Yeah. Which helps. So, context is a big deal, mm -hmm. but it's really nice when the voice is just awesome on its own anyway and marries with the great graphics that they've got, the great art. I'm trying to think back to Jora here. I think that she has an accent, doesn't she? And either North. There's something going on there, yeah. Yeah. It's not like a distinctive, um, you know, you can't say, oh, that's a Swedish or, or a Scottish accent. Yeah. It's more just a kind of, it's different to how we normally speak. And I agree with your, both of you on the terms of that the voices to me seemed a little bit off. I actually found that they were quite, wooden i guess um mm -hmm. they kind of jarred with me it didn't it could be also the, the dialogue as well because it was a starter area and it's not very rich 
but it felt like it was, you know, an audition rather than a performance. Well, like when the woman said, I, I see that you uh, mentioned what you're good at there. She could have done that with a lot more, you know, undertone chuckle because there was a funny line that was supposed to be a funny, but instead it was just read. Yeah. They just read with, and it's, it doesn't sound quite like kids, you know, reciting lines in a school play, but it's not exactly acting either. So I don't know. You know, they probably got most of it done anyway, probably at about this level of pickiness, but maybe in future expansions, they'll be like, all right, you know, we have less to do here for voice acting. Let's, let's really get some acting in here. As long as they don't uh, end up with Master Togo again. Yeah. And if they do get Master Togo, get Jack Black. <laughs> if we get uh, Master Togo again, can we make it like a, as a joke? So Master yeah. Togo is a joke for this one. Togo the fifth. Yeah. I think Something with like the that. equivalent of sixty feature film, you know, and voice voicing and script for Guild Wars two, I think we can cut them a bit of slag. That's true. Yeah. It's not like not like they're Pixar. Nobody's Pixar. Actually, DreamWorks is doing pretty good. Anyway. Alright, uh, so, uh, another thing. According to the GDC videos that were released, GDC? Yeah, oh yeah, from game trailers. W one of the things the guy said during the video was, photorealistic is not the goal, which is what a lot of people think of because it's so much more realistic than wow. But, I mean, what's not? Picasso is more realistic. He says, we're going for a painterly feel, which then it suddenly hits you that, you know what? It's not photorealistic. It looks more real than most MMOs. But it is kind of like, artwork-ish mm -hmm. instead of a photo. And was, I like the painterly feel. Yeah. Was that um, comment, was that, I thought that was more directed at the, specifically at the cutscenes, um, or was that, do you, in that video, was that also just in general in terms of, I know the overall view also, they want, like with the UI, a paint feel. Both of them. I think, I thought it was to do with the cutscenes as well as the UI. Right. I thought he was making, picking a character when he said that. So it was during a character creation or choose. I might remember that wrong. I think okay. that was after they were just done the opening cutscene and then mm. just going, starting the game. Oh, okay. Either way, even the stuff in real 3D moving around does still kind of maintain that painterly feel as opposed to realism. Yeah. yeah. And the guy was and right with what he said in terms of the, you know, photorealism dates really quickly because mm -hmm. it all depends on the underlying technology, but the, you know, art is eternal. So. I, I think they're making this game so it'll still look good in sort of five, ten years' time. The same way that a lot of people still consider Guild Wars graphics to be pretty good as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the cutscenes are definitely going to have a, a good level of longevity. And I think, well, just the, the human one that we've seen and the Norn one, I, I've loved both of them. I thought they were, it's so cool to see that, that all that high quality concept art, uh, which I have on my desktop background but to see that in game as well uh, considering it usually just ends up on the floor and like never being seen by anyone as well it seems such a waste that they mm. hadn't done this to do you know to generate all that artwork mm -hmm. what i like also is that you know a lot of times companies will say well we're going for style not realism so it's it strikes you as a cop-out but this is so much like realism yet it's not that it doesn't seem like a cop-out yeah obviously obviously i'm still uh, an arena net art uh, department fanboy, <laughs> at least. Well, who isn't? And they've got some of the best artists in the world working there. Oh, yeah. Well, best game development, too. Yeah. So, yeah. it's a thing that I always find when I'm looking at the art that comes out of ArenaNet is that 
they're very good at making your mind fill in the blanks. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, that they won't necessarily paint everything. They'll just paint enough for your mind to fill in the blank. Kind of like lingerie? Kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> what is that, isn't it called something like the uncanny, uncanny effect or something like that? No, uncanny valley is something else. That's where something gets so realistic it becomes repulsing. Right, yep. Uh, which is uh, where we like don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, and then to talk about the thief profession and what we got, um, bear in mind we don't have the heavy details about this, so this is not the episode where you're going to learn all about the thief. But we did get some cursory ideas, like they use dual pistols. Um, motion is definitely... They seem to more be more position-based than anyone else. Like, a lot of people have this idea that because ArenaNet has said Guild Wars 2 is very position-oriented, that you have to constantly be on the move. That's not necessarily the case, just sometimes. Like, um, if you're doing damage, you might actually have to be more mindful of your position as, in terms of where you're going to just stand still for a while. Where with the Guardian, if you're doing support, you're all over the freaking place because you're trying to add support where it's needed. Mm -hmm. So positioning doesn't mean one thing. It just means you have to be mindful of where you're at, whether you're sitting still or not. Anyway, the Thief, these guys are all over the place. These are the guys that are on the move always. Yeah. And they use they use dodge way more than anybody else as far as we've seen so far, which means that that's pretty much all the energy is for, is for your moving, yeah. where you have an initiative pool, and that initiative pool is for your skills and stuff. Yeah. And that actually comes down to something that really jarred me about pretty much every single video that we've seen so far, is that the people who've been playing the Thief, I don't think, have been very good at it. Even the person from ArenaNet who was playing it has generally been received on the forums as not being very good because they were taking loads and loads of damage. They weren't rolling out of the way of stuff. And it wasn't just to demonstrate the down system. It, they were getting their asses handed to them, basically. Well, in Sarah's defense, she was kind of trying to give them a, a lead into the idea. So it wasn't like she was going in there to be a pro to begin with. It was like, here's how it kind you know, here's, here's a beginner's idea of it. Now watch as I start moving and how much better things get. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been a demonstration issue more than her. And presumably, yeah. if you were, you know... You know, the guys that have been playing uh, the Thief profession over at ArenaNet th that have been practicing, they'll be mm -hmm. dodging and shadow stepping and zipping all over the place and spamming skills like nothing. So um, if you imagine demonstrating that straight off the bat to someone that hasn't seen the Thief before, you're not going to be able to talk about everything that the, the player is doing in, in mm -hmm. a short amount of time just because they'll be doing so much. I appreciate that. And... I can understand definitely whether from a demonstration point of view, being a pro at it isn't necessarily the best thing, but my point is we haven't seen anything of anyone being a pro at it, and yeah. that's yeah, a little bit frustrating. It, to me, all it's done is actually made the profession look bad and unbalanced. Yeah, that's true, because it was a little scary. It's like, damn, like the, the person that was going through and trying to put out the fires died mm -hmm. like six times. Yeah, exactly, and... I mean, that's the kind of point where I would have hoped they'd have had someone who was really competent so they could show that event in its entirety. But the point was that they couldn't because she was just dying all the time. And it felt it felt like as a thief, you'd be frustrated because you'd be eating dust a lot. Yeah, especially when you watch the Guardian video next. <laughs> and the Guardian was like taking it in the face over and over. And he's like, ah, for crying outside. Yeah. I've, I've taken like, you know, 5% damage and then he kicks their ass. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so uh, 
can't wait to play it myself to find out what yeah. the case really is. But what mm-hmm. I did like, one thing I did like is there's a skill in there called Leaping Onion Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole thing's not going to die anytime soon. That's nice to know. Did I you s- see when the when Sarah, that was the person playing the thief in the video, it seemed like she jumped up and grabbed that thing out of the air and pulled it to the ground. The griffin? Yeah, the, whatever it was that was flying over her head. Yeah. I've heard some descriptions of how the gameplay is going to be, which is that elevation is an issue. Like, you can throw something up in the air and another person can leap up and stab it down. It's kind of like, you know, warrior basketball, almost. Here's the assist. But (laughs) I read about that, so when I saw it, I was like, oh, son of a bitch, that's right. They said that was going to happen, and it just did. Mm -hmm. So I believe that thief actually pulled a flying animal to the ground so she could kick its butt. Mm. I don't remember seeing that specifically. I did see the... uh the flying animals, and I was like, oh, that's cool, because, you know, they were up in the air, and they were attacking from the air, but then they also landed, uh, and I was I was thinking, so a melee character needs to jump up to hit them or do something to, you know, to bring them to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But kind of going back to the this video and the, the, I think it was a pirate event they showed at the end, mm. and there was another video that got released by PC Gamer as well, which I think was either the same event or someone else playing the same event anyway. And they had about, must have been seven or eight characters in there. It was really, really confusing. Have you guys seen that video? Is that just the yet. ten minutes of gameplay yeah. with the Guild Wars music? Yeah. Guild Wars 2 music over the top. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I've, I saw that and basically, yeah, you're right. I mean... There was just a whole bunch of stuff going on, and it was more. I think it was more about the the pretty effects of all the spells. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people were saying after that that boss just didn't go down, did it? No, no, it didn't. I didn't. Couldn't work out whether it's because they just because it's demo. They artificially um, heighten or you know lower um, the health of things yeah. to make it extend the experience, but. It just, I don't know, there was some stuff in there that I was a bit like, well, who's doing what? Who, What belongs to what? I don't understand. So, also, they could anyway. have uh, played the event a couple of times and had footage from, you know, yeah. from yeah. several attempts. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. Um, Alright, so we're wrapping this up, but I did mention the Norn and the Guardians. What did you think of what you saw there for Norn in-game? Well, my points about it are coming up later on in the show, so I'll, I'll hold them for now. Okay. People, at some of the questions that were asked in emails, you mean? Uh, no, Tiger put my bit in Speculate's Corner. Oh, okay. Well, as far as the Guardian looks, uh, I, I definitely didn't lose any interest from what I saw. They, it actually seemed a lot more, how do I put it, I want to say spammy, but it seems like there's a lot of micro that can go into playing a Guardian, and I love the idea of micro. There's also a lot in the Thief, so mm-hmm. I'm going to try it at least, but yeah. As far as how the Norn looked, a lot of people are saying that the area looked bland. It's like, it's snowy mountains. That's kind of what's inherently beautiful about them, and you don't want to dress that up too much with stuff. Mm-hmm. So it feels really natural and just, I don't know. I like the Norn area. I don't know if I'll play a Norn, but... Uh, uh, the touch that I liked was um, when she sh- uh, shook the bush and the mowers came out of it. That was <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, just uh, another comment on the, the Norn area. Um, before we move on, the just in terms of the way it looks, I thought the weather effects, like the fog and the snow, they absolutely made you know the the feeling of that space. Oh Definitely. yeah. Definitely. That's something that gets overlooked in MMOs way too often because it's so immersive when you actually feel like, hey, it's a foggy day. Mm. Mm. 
It makes me wonder where we go. Are we going to see rain? Yeah, I think we've we've seen rain in the human starter area. I evidently missed that. I yeah, there's too. there's rain and lightning and all that kind of storm, stormy stuff going on before you go kill that stone elemental. That's awesome. I can be all British in game. Go find <laughs> a rain cloud and sit underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we will begin our speculation. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. Oh. In order to speculate, let us begin with the GDC videos, and it says... And Christian has some topics of his own. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so I'm talking about the ones which showcased the non-starter area. And I think other people mentioned this as well. In terms of character customization, we know that with these demos, they're basically giving us nothing, which is fine. Uh, but when they demonstrated the non area, they picked a female non and... I think a lot of people did a double take because they were they saw the character and went, wait, isn't that a human? So if you take away the racial armor, do non females just look like bigger humans? Yeah, I think when you don't have oh, this is does this have to do with your topic there, Tasha? Yeah, it's exactly the the post that I I made on my blog earlier on this week is that I saw the video and the the videos broke whilst I was at work, so I put them on in the background and I wasn't looking at them most of the time because, you know, I was meant to be working. And um, I flicked on to look at it uh, when they were saying they were talking about the Norn. I looked at the screen and I was like, that looks like the human ranger that I rolled at the demo. And then it, you know, took me a little while to realize that it was actually a Norn. The thing that bothers me, I don't know whether it's this is a, the point that you um, saw as well, as well, Christian, was that if you look at a male Norn and you look at a male human, their body shapes are quite different. The Norn have much musclier necks and shoulders, and generally their body shape is very, very different. So even if you take them out of uh, being inside grass or you know next to a tree or what have you, without the sense of scale, you can tell which is which. If you take away the sense of scale from a human and a Norn, it's actually really hard to tell. And it's not just a question of, you know, oh, they're, you know, chubbier than humans because you c we saw in the demo video that you can make fat characters um, putting it bluntly like that there was a really, really chubby Norn running around and it's fantastic to see <laughs> oh, really? but yeah there was but it, she's in the GDC video and also in the game trailers um, okay. Okay. in both of those um, but if you take away the customization in terms of body size you can't actually tell which is Norn human without there being a, something to scale beside you. And um, someone actually replied to my blog post, I'll see if I can put it in here, um, for looking at the uh, ratio between head height of a norn and a human, and you look at the ratio size between the men and the, the women, there is actually no difference at all. Whereas yeah, I, for I the humans, there, are, there is a difference. Yeah, for the men. It's like the men are like the difference between man and Neanderthal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for women, it was just like, take that woman and uh, scale times two, good. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go. Me and Tiger were talking about this, what we'd actually do to the Norn to make them look different. Um, and we both agreed that if you try and bulk them up around the, the upper body, it's not going to look right. They're not going to look feminine and attractive. But we thought that if you kind of made their hips wider, or 
or bigger, it would actually make a difference and it would kind of still make them feel feminine. That makes any sense. It does. It seems like what they're trying to do, though, is basically take that which is nice to the guys about female characters in a game and give you more of that and then expose more of it too while you're at it. That's basic. I don't know. And I don't know that that's really the best thing to do. Um, I'm not used, I'm not the type of guy that sits there and gawks at polygons like some dudes do, apparently. But, um, I don't know. Might be the better option. But in terms of being immersive, no, not really. The, the females wouldn't be so much the same as human females if the males are so much different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, frankly, I think making the female Norn look a little bit ugly would be the best thing to do. Because they're not, you know, we are attracted to humans because we are humans. You don't need to make the other races attractive. That would be kind of silly. That's like if we found Bonobo monkeys attractive, Mm -hmm. which would be really scary because those are horny little bastards. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, that sidetracked the conversation, didn't it? The other other thing is the the hair as well. It's way too pretty and pristine for a warrior woman. I can't imagine they'd actually spend the time or find it worthwhile to do their hair in the morning properly. Yeah, all they'd really have to do is make the hair just more scraggly and, you know, not necessarily nasty, but just more unkept. Mm-hmm. I think that alone would be enough to get people like us to shut up. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get that kind of stuff with customization. Yeah. But then the thing is that there will still be the option for those uh, that want their Norn to basically look like scaled up humans. Yeah, and in, in Norn society, they would be called prissy. <laughs> Well, you really dolled up today, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so, I guess the next point I wanted to talk about in terms of the non starter area uh, was from the, the video from the Game Developers Conference. It looked really desolate just in terms of activity going on. Now, I presume uh, that that was because it, there wasn't anyone else playing the demo, yeah. unlike the, you know, the game's common packs demos where we had... So, so many, you know, 20, 30 people running around the human starter area. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. More was like the Norn starter quest seemed a bit like a step back towards the kill 10 X type of quest because you just, you ran around, you went and killed a mower, got it's got a trophy from it. Then you tra- you know, you baited a trap to get a skelk got a trophy from that, and then went off and killed a, a Minotaur, and then ran back to the start and went off and killed a huge boss, which is cool that you get a huge boss at the start, but the the preamble to that seemed really uninteresting in terms of what they're trying to aim for. The question I have is, um, when you start a human, you started off in kind of an event, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a whole bunch. So is it possible that they didn't have an event ready for the starter Norn area, but that's what they're going to have? Well, in, in game. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking because I remember here it is in the Norn week. They said about the starter area there being various different shrines, and none of what we saw was relating to those. I think. Oh, so maybe they skipped us ahead after they'd already done that. Or it was yet to come. Well, yeah. I remember they were saying they wanted because the the you know you want to immerse the player immediately in the feel of the race. So in the humans, you're immediately under attack from Centaur. You're running around saving people. So, and yes, that was, you know, the human starter quest isn't all that better, you know, that much better in terms of you just run around, click on an NPC, save them, go on to the next one. You don't have to engage 
by killing centaur, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that different in that respect. And that's why in the Norn area, uh, rather than being under attack from centaur, you're preparing to go for a hunt by c- collecting trophies to prove you're worthy. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out more yeah. next week. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just, uh, thinking about it, that what what we saw doesn't tally up with what we've been told. I guess. Yeah, there's inconsistency there. Yeah. Um. For further speculation, we also I, I assume we covered your topic, right, Tasha? Yeah. Yeah. It did. Okay. So we got an email from Nick Robles, friend of the show, and he says. Hello again, Relics friends. I was exploring the Guild Wars 2 wiki and found something I thought you guys might like. Let the speculation begin. Again, smiley face. Various sources listed a compilation of what profession one could expect. No, I think he wrote this before we got the thief, but let's see what happens. He did. Note yeah. that all, note that all these descriptions count for, does, so does that, does he, is this email worth reading now? It's, it's that, it's the covering of those quotes that people have collected that put together that we have, you know, the, a class remaining that can use uh, can use guns but not bows, and there will be there won't be a dedicated healer, and you know all those little clues that we have in terms of what's left and uh, for the profession mm-hmm. reveal. Yeah, there's a lot of things here, like you say, in professions that do use pets are said to be very distinctive between. Did you see? Was it a thief? I I could swear that really big thief that was uh, shooting the gun, and he's like running across that bridge. It seemed like he had a cat pet with him. It w- is that just me? I didn't look too much into it, but I swear there was a pet sitting there helping him kill stuff. Or maybe someone else was there and had mm. a pet and was helping him. That's probably what it was. There yep. was a ranger with him. Alright, never mind. Anyway, glad I brought that up. Uh, at least two professions which can specialize in support. Oh, was that said? Oh, that can. Yeah, the necromancer in the... No. Well, does look, the necro uh, specialize? And, uh, water Ellie and um, Guardian. Yeah. I thought they actually emphasized that a necromancer could do good support. Well, that's the thing. Every profession can in some way do each of them, and some will be slightly better than others at, say, support, but two will specifically have specializations. So most of the things he said now, I think we touched on most of these just by accident, um, but there was one in here that he said, chronomancers are certain not to be included, so stop bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of seeing people say that. There is no, not at least until, a, you know, an expansion, if well, that even. I think even then, it was an arena net employee that said, uh, you know, explicitly said no to chronomancers, mm-hmm. which is where they got that quote. Mm-hmm. And players who enjoy the playstyle of Ritualist or Mesmer will feel at home in Guild Wars 2. So, you hear that, Sean? We I still think that basically means... I really want to see what's going to happen with the Mesmer, because we haven't mm-hmm. had a profession that does that, what I like to call the stop-hitting-yourself playstyle. There's a little, a little bit of that I think might be coming through in the thief in terms of the way they steal. You know, that's their main mechanic. They, yeah. they can steal stuff from other people and then use it against them. Yeah, that's a oh, little yeah, we bit didn't, of the feel. We didn't talk about that. You can steal like one of the examples he said was ogres tend to have skulls around their belts, and a thief can steal that skull. And once he has that skull, he can use fear, which is pretty much something only to you know used by a necromancer except for a thief. So thieves, uh, a thief has to know the encounter more than most professions, because then he'll know his options and what he can do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. It's about reacting to the situation at hand rather than planning the battle in advance. Yeah. I'm also interested to see the ritualist playstyle, if if they mean by that the stationary pet, because I noticed in those GDC videos, there's a stationary minion uh, for the yeah. necromancer. There's that, mm-hmm. um, the worm that worm. Yeah. 
And so that that could be another a reason to discount the idea of an engineer and the mechanical turrets, even though we've seen some some concepts of that. Just just another sort of it's not set in stone that the engineer will be this. And I was just starting to get sold on the engineer idea once it started becoming steampunk in my head. <laughs> The ritualist, though, I think that's being echoed in the Guardian. There's a lot of ritualists in the Guardian. Yeah, that's yeah. A lot of stationary. They're not spirits or really living things, but they are weapons and they're wards. That, that's a lot of weapon stationary spells. control. It's a lot of weapon yeah. spells in the ritualists, like double slap. Yeah. So, um, we'll, I'll post uh, the link that Nick gave us to basically summarize where he got his questions from. That'll be in the show notes. Then we got an email from Valmir. And he says, just thought I'd write in with a quick question about the Norn. From what we've seen so far for Norn, all males seem to be very large. Oh, look where we're going. Seem to be very largely built, especially around the chest area. Yep, so do the women. Anyway, even though no information about it has been released, do you think customization will allow us to scale the size of the Norn to something a bit smaller or Guild Wars awesome-ish? May just be my opinion, but a Norn that, that size wouldn't really fit into any kind of stealthy role that was hinted at. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Um, who needs? Who, why does it matter what size you are when you can go invisible? You're gonna have Asura warriors. So, in the interest of um, maintaining flexibility and not pigeonholing you into what race to be just because of the class you want to play or profession, um, that's that's just how it is. But I don't think they're gonna allow you to shrink a Norn too much so that it'll look like a human. No, because you still have to be a Norn in their world. Yeah, if you want that, then. You're probably better off making a human. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for customization freedom and a hell of a lot of options, but there comes a point where you're just breaking immersion. Or, and I, I would agree that they should hold on to that. Or, or you make a human and then as soon as you can, which is, you know, straight off the bat, you just go to Holbrick and hang out there. Yeah. Cause you can do yeah. that. You could make your human and just spend all your playtime in the non area. That is very true. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's uh, head on over. Oh, we only have three sections today. I guess we'll just do pro tips. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. For the pro tips, what did we have? It's obviously Embark Beach. What else would we talk about for Guild Wars Awesome? Tracy! Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, first of all, I'd like to point out that if you have, if you want specific details about this, you can go see the Warg Tower video, <laughs> or you can listen to the interview I did, and post it 12 hours later than them. Or, uh, let's see, Christian, you had some points you wanted to say about this. Uh, yeah. So, I just wanted to post. I know. Um, okay. So, there's a new uh, type of hero called a mercenary hero, and I was thinking, like, I think it was about a year ago. I I came up with basically this idea, and I didn't post it anywhere, so I can't prove it. Um, Where so the idea of taking one of your alts and turning them into a hero, so you didn't have to spend time leveling up Norgu and then ruining him out, and still being stuck with his pot belly running around after you. (laughs) Um, And apparently, I think Chaz commented that uh, the original concept for heroes before Nightfall worked along those lines. But it was changed so that they could uh, be more involved in the storyline, and so that we get a nightfall where you know you come across heroes and and they're involved in the quest lines and they tag along with you in that respect. 
Yeah, so the rundown on Mercenary Heroes is basically you can pay f to open up a slot so that you can take an existing character of your own and turn that character into a hero. Same name, same armor, everything. Um, like I said, that's a microtransaction, and you can always fit a new character in there whenever you want. It's kind of like being able to make a new character, in a way. Mm -hmm. yep. And there w the question was brought up about this, which was, I believe it was by Ben, is this actually um, a slippery slope? Are they introducing an imbalance? to the game where if you pay you get more and in a way it kind of does because you can have more of a specific profession in your heroes in your in your team makeup um I, I, it seems like you have most of what you need from the heroes that already came with the game that you don't really buy except for through campaigns my other argument would be even that imbalance alone <laughs> is only comparable to getting access to a profession by buying a campaign anyway. So it's not really a new thing to me. I think it's actually an imbalance through purchase that's always been there, and it's not, you know, they're not throwing a new wrench into the gears, if you ask me, basically. Mm. So his kind of point of view is that with Mercenary Heroes, you can potentially fill out your party with uh, eight necromancers, if you're a necromancer yourself, and that right. that's... Uh, being able to do that and being able to specify your your party build to such detail gives you an advantage over other players purely because you've paid the money. Yeah, and that is true. But it's uh, not well, an advantage. No, exactly. Because you're PVE, so who gives a damn if one guy by himself, off in an instance, not affecting anyone else, does something a little bit quicker than someone else? Yeah. Yeah, if you're in a party with other people, I guess it would also make you more useful to some people if you have a whole slew of like dervishes that you can throw in the party. But then if if you're playing with someone else, it's not as big of a problem because you've got other people filling out your party. So, I mean, even mm -hmm. once you start, you know, adding one or two people to your party, the benefit of ha being able to have a full party of dervish heroes or necro heroes uh, is not there anymore or it's not hard to achieve. So I think I think the way I would put it is, as a technicality, yeah, it's buying functionality difference through a microtransaction, but so is buying a campaign. This isn't really, this is no slippery slope, basically. I'm going to say one thing here. We need more dervishes. <laughs> and anyone who listened to uh, Guildcast back in the day will be laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, in terms of these mercenary heroes... I think actually the entire Embark Beach patch has just made it so that John Stummy's next move should be to be able to rearrange your party without having to kick people out of the team. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, the, so much in the UI, you can now set yourself to ready instead of hitting one. <laughs> that's so mm -hmm. funny uh, with having that checkbox there and uh, people not using it yet and, uh, and you know realizing that, oh, we're not going to type one into chat anymore when we're ready. Yeah, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> Um, what happens to the rest of the things... numbers? I train people to use the entire number system, damn it. It's not just one, <laughs> it's everything. I get See, all I went... pissed off me for doing that. If you don't say went... six, I'm not going. Well, I just saw it as binary, you know? Are you ready? One. That's yes. No, it's meant to be True. your party number. Oh. So it's you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And if you don't get like seven, then, then you don't go. So, oh, that's where it came from. Okay. That's okay. what it's meant to be. I thought everyone was just being nerdy. No. There's ten types of people in this world. No. Those that know binary and those that don't. No, they're just being thick and can't count. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but some of the other things... Oh, you can say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I was playing earlier on, and I, I've only equipped seven heroes for the first time today on my character, and the thing that I found was that invariably, whichever one I wanted to flag 
was on like say number six or what have you and i had to like kick all the heroes out of the team and then bring them all back in so i can get them in the right order it would be so much easier if i could just like click and drag them around it doesn't matter that i can't necessarily position all of them it's just that being able to rearrange a party is really really helpful and having to kick people out either they're real or heroes just seems it seems like an oversight let's put it like that yeah, it's it's an artifact from 2005, basically. Yeah. Eh, they could deal with it, was the attitude then. You can tell Stummy that's not his attitude now. No. It's just such a simple thing, just being able to click and drag and move people around. And we had a little bit of back and forth about it on the Relics forums about, you know, you shouldn't have to be a monk in number seven or eight. And the point is, it's not necessarily for you, it's for whoever it is who's playing uh, off position, and it makes their life easier that they know that you're down there. Especially if you're a, like, Blood is Power Necro or something. Yeah, something like that. You know who to keep spamming it on. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's one of your next instead of Stummy. I'm sure you've already come up with that. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a friend of the show, the guy haven't been exactly butt-kissing with ArenaNet today, but I do have to say, ever since that guy showed up to, you know, take over Guild Wars Awesome, it has become awesomer. Agreed. I think we can all agree to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Good work to you, sir. Some of the other things the Embark Beach patch, uh, as I called, as I've been calling it, Embargo Beach, offered us is it has a central hub for all your missions. You can run up to various NPCs and they'll queue you up for a mission. So you can go to one place to get ready to do a mission. It offers a Zaishin Vanquish. Oh, thank God that is so badass. <laughs> because our guild vanquishes so much and they're always saying, I'm going to go vanquish here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't wanna do. But if everybody's going, yeah, I need to do that for some coin then, you know, that that's a lot of activity breathed back into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's You can hit Y to bring up your minion um, health bars so you can know who to heal among your minions. That also incorporates spirits, which is nice. Uh, let's see, what else? We, obviously, seven heroes. You can now add seven heroes, mercenary heroes. What else was there? The title changes. Oh, um, yeah. Sin, so many people, like, spamming Drunkard and Sliver. Yeah, I did. I've topped mine off of my... Um, legendary survivor. So um, you don't have to pop a booze and wait ten minutes. Instead, you just drink all your crap. So it's like getting drunk on, as I said before, getting drunk at your twenty-first birthday party as opposed to developing liver cancer by the age of fifty. Yeah, it's a nice analogy, really. It's a nice yeah. analogy. The, the the problem with the uh, I know is that Zaishin Vanquish is is awesome and that's great. The problem is now everyone is working on their survivor title, so I have. Like all Vanquish turns to shit. <laughs> well, no one's going to go to a Vanquish or even maybe go near hard mode. Uh, what we've been doing is we've been running through factions missions, filling up storybooks, and then uh, once we get enough storybooks, we can just hand them in without having to worry about about dying. Um, but sadly, Tiger, uh, who's not here, obviously, she's now got to... Su- Got to rank one, halfway to rank one survivor twice and died. Um, so I kind of feel sorry for her for that. She needs to play a dervish then because I'm, here's what my attitude was. I'm not going to go for survivor until I accidentally hit the first tier and then I'll start worrying about it. Because I, I think the thing that Embark changed was it's the matter of time, it's the matter of experience you get between two deaths. Okay. Yeah. So everyone can go for it now. Anyway. I've been on my dervish almost specifically since Embark Hitch. Em- embargo embark Hitch. hitch. <laughs> embark, yeah, Embargo Hitch. Um, ever since it hit, I've just been on my dervish, and I haven't died since, and I, um, the rest of my heroes have wiped a couple times already. But I'm still standing, and I run away. I'm like, 
why can't I die? I'm not even using a tank build. I'm use, using the um, pious renewal thing. So it's mm -hmm. just damage is all I'm doing. But no, nothing's killing me. So I'm like, bye, everyone else is dying. See you later. And I run away. Um, right. So that's what I would advise everybody to do is don't worry about Survivor. You'll eventually get there just on accident to the first tier. Then once that happens, then you can start being the stuffy little chump that's like, oh, that's scary. I'm not going to do that. My pro yeah. tip for a survivor as a five-time survivor the long way around is um, don't be the first one into the battle. Yeah, so be a SOS rip. Set up no, your it's not even that. Out. I mean, I've got I've I got a uh, survivor on a dervish um, way back using like a Melandry build or what have you. It's just a question of not being the first one into the fight because the first one gets spiked. Yeah. Just be the second person in and you'll be fine. Um, pack extra health and um, pack extra armor if you can. Um, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, seriously, it's it's a question of patience and not rushing things. Every time I tried to rush it, I've ended up croaking. My necro took me so long to get Survivor on just because I was impatient. Um, so just take it slow. And then you can have like cool signatures like mine, where I have zero deaths and four million uh, XP. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Chaz earlier this week, and one thing I've realized is superior runes are overrated. Yes, they are. Except the Vigor. Except for Vigor, yeah, but um, otherwise, it's all that health docked when really past 12 of any attribute is kind of a cap, and then it's just diminishing returns past that. So once you hit 12 on something, don't sacrifice your health for less of any stat, really. Un unless it's like some really specialized build where you need exactly this much health regen or something. But The only thing that I put more than a minor rune on is my MM, and I put a major on him. Because yeah. you gain a little bit extra by having sort of 15 rather than 16 in death. Oh, yeah. When all your minions have like two levels higher, that's a bigger deal. Yeah. The level's a big deal, so. Yeah. But the, my, my biggest um, love with this update is actually pre-searing. Um, I have had a level 16 in pre-searing now for about two years. I was really, really mental on LDOA, and then I just got to a point where I was like... I don't like my electric bill being that high, thanks. And now <laughs> I've um I've actually been in there the last two days. I've done the quest in there and I've gained about four thousand experience. It's amazingly awesome. It's great to actually be running around in pre steering again and actually be gaining experience. And they're interesting and tough as well. Those um So yes. Yeah. For those people that were going for legendary what is it, Defender of Ascalon? Yeah. yeah. In the old days, I'm sorry you did it the hard way, but you should have got a life. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though, is that you don't actually do very much. The old way, you, you, you work for about half an hour to stack all the char up, and then you go AFK for eight hours, and if your PC hasn't disconnected magically, you kill them for five minutes, and then stack them all up again and go AFK again. You spend more time in real life than you do in game to Legendary Defender. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so I, I guess I could take that back, or I could just leave it like it was and get some hate mail. Yeah, leave it as it was, I think. Okay, okay, get a life. <laughs> so that's it for segments. We got some more emails, and I'm going to synop synopsize. Is that a word? It is now. It sounds like something you would do in a boat. I'm going to synopsize this, bitch. <laughs> I will reach for a lime. Okay. <laughs> Matt says, hello, Relics of War. I'm Matt, and I write this after hearing your show for the first time, episode number 30. This response is based on the fact that I don't really play MMOs, but feel Guild Wars 2 could be the first I truly make a commitment to play actively, so here goes nothing. Well, that is what Mike, um, Mike O'Brien said, is if you don't like MMOs, you still will really like Guild Wars 2, or you might. <laughs> Number one, I like the hotbar system in that it seems to keep the screen clean and does not clutter what you can see. Combined with changing weapon sets, 
It's a lot like an FPS. Yes. And he says, let's take an army-themed one as an example. Where you machine gun, where you machine gun, mow down a bunch of soldiers, then switch it to a bazooka and take out a tank or whatnot. Very easy and simple to use. Would like a second opinion. Okay, second opinion is you're correct. You are correct, sir. I th I'm actually probably going to go buy Call of Duty Black Ops, which goes to show the mental switch I'm making, and that is actually beneficial to my fandom of Guild Wars 2. Yes. And the hot bar idea, we already have that in Guild Wars as well, and I'm a fan. Yeah. It's so much easier to... It's, it's, I don't want to say balance, but it's easier to make it so that anybody can be viable against anybody or mm -hmm. in a situation because of that. Because you're not like, well, we have to make these 20 skills equal to the 20 skills of the other class, and we actually think that's possible because we're Ghost Crawler Street. <laughs> yes. It's a stupid philosophy. It's not like I'm trying to say the guy's an idiot, but come on, man. That's not possible. You are not going to do it. So I cheers to you, ArenaNet, for at least getting that. And I just, I just said at least I sound like a serious fanboy right now. <laughs> and I just got more mashup material. <laughs> uh, number two, he says, I approve of the anyone can res. It's best seen in the preview demo with the charge and the shatter, Shatner dragon. It keep, he didn't say Shatner, but I had to edit that for him just to make it copacetic with us. It keeps people playing and gives people hope even when they're on, even when they're down. Even if they do pathetically limp wrists and throw dirt at things. <laughs> it is kind of a pathetic way to die, isn't it? I'm still crying. <laughs> I just remember the first time I saw the range do that when I was playing the demo. I was just like, seriously, you're not going to kill anything with that. <laughs> just just give up. Just give up. It's, it's still better, though, than dying and clicking on your wife's character to see how close she is for a res. And then saying, oh, you're right there. Yeah, but I don't have a res. <laughs> 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 so yes, uh to number two I quote Wesley Snipes and saying Exactamundo with demolition man. Enough quoting movies. Number three, jump. This simple power is almost enough on its own to get me to play the game. Yes, jump. No subscription. We will allow it. We will allow that. It is acceptable. And number four, I enjoyed your show, like shows with multiple speakers. It really expands your call upon experience and multiple views is good to hear. AKA Correct Ryan when he's wrong, like they did at the top of the show. About the Gunner class? That was good. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's why I pay that, you guys the big bucks. I think it gets, like, boring if you hear the same voice for, like, two hours. It's just, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. The, that's how podcasts started off, was always some guy. There was a one guy, Brent, from Virgin Worlds, and I don't know if he was really interesting to most people, but he sounds exactly like Dr. Hodgins from Bones, and I love that guy. So I just sit there and be like, it's like I'm listening to Hodgins talk about games. That is awesome. <laughs> He's going to get a spike in listeners and be like, what the hell just happened? I rediscovered a podcast this week that I haven't listened to for ages called Life Well Wasted. I don't know if you ever listened to that one, Ryan. Mm -mm. No. I haven't. Uh, they're really, really old now. I think the guy stopped doing it a while ago, but they're really interesting. If you're looking, if you're interested in behind the scenes um, or, I guess, philosophy behind gaming, they're a really good listen. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, anyway. we're at it. Um, also, Film Sack, great movie podcast. And then Final Score actually has played uh, many bumpers for us. I bet a lot of the listeners actually came here because of that. So thank you, Scott Johnson, for that. And thank you to um, Guild Wars 2 for realizing that I am pimping a show about your game to outside gamer sources. Maybe you'll be a little more uh, friendly to me in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, for my go at speculation, he says, my guess on the last classes. Number one, Mesmer. Based on they are mentioned in the books, 
and purple fan lady art. He links to the fan lady art. Assassin. Well, uh, skip that one because that's been done. Thief. Even though the thief isn't really an assassin, it, it's definitely the one that's carrying that torch. This is number three. Gunner, based on this art and based on the fact that the Guardian can't seem to use any long-range specific uh, can't long-range specific weaponry. He kind of can with the the what was it? Staff, I Longbow. think. Oh, sorry, the Guardian. Yeah, the staff. Right. Weaponry, I think, whatever. Okay, so number four, new armor class system. I think it's great. Stimulates the economy. Yes, that economy. Economy? Economy is stimulated. Uh, I also like how it adds a little mystery in PvP. Example, is that guy with a sword and a shield a warrior or a guardian? You know, I don't know if that'll really be the case, because, like, a guardian's going to have blue crap all around him all the time. Yeah. But I get your point. That that will be the case every now and then, where you'll be like, I can't tell what profession that is. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Not necessarily. I like it, personally, but th that's just because I like immersiveness also in the story. Like, in real life, you can't just look at a guy and go, he's a plumber. Well, actually, that guy's a plumber because his butt crack is showing. But most <laughs> of the time, you look at a guy and you say, I don't, I can't just say what that guy's trade is. But I'm thinking of, like, um, RTS games where take Dota, for example, just because it's there. None of the pieces in the game look the same. And there's a reason for that. It's so that when you look at the pieces, you know exactly what skills that guy has, what he can do against you, and then you can outwit them. And they're trying to do the same to you. If you all look the same, then it's a bit, well, pointless, I guess. But Hard to work out. I like that, though. I, I like it. I'm not saying everybody has to. <laughs> I, I'm just but not I sure it's necessarily the best thing for the PvP environment. That's my just, concern with it. It just means that the first move will be more of a mystery. Because yeah. once they I make, suppose, you know, once they, yeah, think, once they show their hand a little bit, you'll know. I'm yeah. thinking about um, what we do in GVG now. You don't actually look at the people first anyway. You tab through them. So no, exactly. ignore me. I'm talking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like even in WoW, when you were in arenas, if you saw a disc priest and then you saw a rogue, you're like, yeah, the other one's a mage. It was, that was always the case. So it'll be, it'll be kind of like that where there will still be plenty of other clues, I think, that you can at least get mm. a general feel for what you need to do. It's the running to the flag, you know, sort of tab through them all, blah, 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 oh, they're playing this build, we're going to get our asses kicked. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what it is. Ah, we can just resign now if you guys don't mind. <laughs> Actually, we didn't do too badly on Monday. We had that training session. Sadly, JR couldn't make it because he was stuck in traffic, but we actually did, um, we lost two and yeah, one sure. two. I'm sure he couldn't make it. Wow. Actually, he's going. You guys are nubcakes. Actually, he was uh, he was like uh, emailing. Well, he was on Skype every now and again, going, "I'm really sorry." Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. Okay, and then he says, number five. Speaking from a warrior standpoint, it seems to me you can change weapon sets, weapon sets of the same weapons. Let me explain. Switching from a fire sword to ice shield, to ice sword, fire shield, and back and forth to deal with a certain enemy situation. That's yeah, you can do that. I don't really know what kind of swords and shields there are, whether they're fire or ice, but more or less. Or going from a broadsword of plus 10 strength to broadsword of plus 10 agility and back and forth to deal with whatever. Yeah, but that would only be a stat switch. wouldn't change the skills. Well, actually, they've, they've rechanged the stats. The, the attributes? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've no longer, there's not six of them anymore. There's only four. There's critical attacks. Um, is it attack and armor and health, I think now? I remember, th I think I heard three of them, Precision, Vitality, and Power, and I can't remember the No, 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 they've one. changed them. They've changed them entirely, I think. Well, the, okay, um, the Precision, Power, and Vitality is what I heard on Guild Mag, um, apparently, and they'll be going into those at PAX East. Right. 
Okay, maybe I got it entirely wrong then. But I seem to remember seeing someone putting out the four rather than the six we had before. Yeah, um, I know. I heard the four as well, and they rattled off four names, but I couldn't remember the fourth one. Right. And I think they were based off the uh, GDC videos where some mm-hmm. of them showed the attributes. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, let me take a second to settle this. I don't know. Flipside says. Hi, Orions. Finished listening to the latest episode today. They seem to be getting longer and longer. That's true, and we're trying to fix that, but I don't think today is any help. I've been having a lot of fun with the revamped dervish. I re-rolled my PvE dervish into a PvP one last fall. You realize that your last statement has me reading faster. And kind of regret it now. Having a blast in Jade Quarry and Fort Aspen with the wondered about your thoughts on seven hero teams. Okay, so I like them. Do you think there will be a major user interface? Oh, this is all about... What we already said. Yep, all right. Stefan, this guy actually, you know, specified how you say that name. So, um, Mr. Lopresti, if your name was Stefan, I apologize if it's not Stefan. I know it's not Stefan. Okay. Stefan, I think. Is it sure. Stefan? Do you see when I think of a French guy saying it? That's how I hear it. It's like Stefan. <laughs> uh, Stefan says. Hello, Relics of Horror. I'll get straight to the point. I was obviously as excited anyone to see the surprise reveal of the thief this morning. This guy's more or less talking about the thief, so let's see. He's wondering about what implications it has, the way that they're releasing their information, like how much earlier stuff seems to be coming out. And he's kind of saying, does that mean that Guild Wars 2 is actually going to come out earlier than we think? I think it actually says that gamer sites are a bunch of douchebags. That has more to do with it. I still, uh, I think, just a quick comment on that, I think I can still be hopeful about a release sometime this year if you know we were we were going to get the thief and crafting and the new attributes at PAX East that's a big information dump and doesn't and you know that's that's another chunk out of all the information that's still missing mhm i think they're going to yeah, go he, quiet again after PAX East personally yeah but that's that's yeah. okay yeah it's all prep for PAX but if he if it does keep going past PAX then i think i'm going to have to agree with him that things are speeding up because of a release instead of but i think it's because of PAX East I think that's why I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Miller said, did you see it? The thief that someone leaked before? Once again, we got a lot of emails about the thief that morning. I was about to post something on Twitter that was like, stop! Uh, let's see. Oh, he has a lot to say here, but I'm finding something that hasn't been talked It's about. right at the end paragraph. Yeah. After all that I... After all that, I do have one question for those in the podcast. Endgame rating. After playing WoW for six long years... Yes, that long. I'm so sorry. Uh, is your ass covered in blisters? I know what rating is in a tank DPS healer setup. What's the idea in Guild Wars 2? How will it affect the end game, or what will it be? What's the end game in Guild Wars 1 now as now as to opposed of what Rao rating is? This is, I think, one of the bigger questions still out there for most of us at, in the community. If not, what do you... Anyway. So, uh... Once you hit level cap um, in Guild Wars 2, I think you need to think a little bit more along the lines of what you would then do when you logged into an FPS. In a way. Not exactly, but sort of. Not even an FPS. More like a game like Infamous or something. You get together with friends and you're going to do stuff that's fun, but it's less role-oriented. You know, you're not going as the tank. You're going with intent to control your enemies. That sort of thing. That's my take on it. Yeah. I think part of this is coming from from a game like WoW, where your level means so much, to a game like Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2, where your level means so little, it's a bit hard for people to translate sometimes. In Guild Wars, you only have 20 levels, and at the end of that, you actually start playing the game. Like, up to 20 is your tutorial area. In Guild Wars 2, 
hitting level 80 is only going to take you 120 hours. There's still going to be loads more content to go and finish um, by the time you hit your level 80 cap. So just because you, you're 80 doesn't mean that you're done. It means you're just getting started. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The The thing is, you're drawing a comparison between WoW and Guild Wars 2, and you can't. Like like has been said before, Guild Wars 2 is not an answer to WoW. It's not trying to oust WoW like Rift is. Rift is like, you're not in Azeroth anymore. Guild Wars 2 is out here saying, let's just do a different MMO, because that's what's really needed. Mm -hmm. So when you log into Guild Wars 2, don't think, what would I do in WoW here? Think, I'm playing a new game. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Which is going to be, I mean, that's typically not going to be the case. People are going to get in Guild Wars 2 and be like, well, in WoW, I would know what to do, but I don't know what to do here. I guess to answer the other questions as well, just from the Guild Wars perspective, um, I think in Guild Wars 2, or at least the way I see it at the moment, your end game is going to be running around in five-man groups doing dungeons to get all those pretty armors that you missed along the way in the by doing the storyline. And world versus world PvP, which you can do anytime anyway. So if you know, um, if you want to spend all your time end game in you know quotation marks, you can do that. And then of course also your competitive PvP, which is yeah. what Guild Wars started out as. PvP was your end game, and now with the addition of campaigns, you've got some PVE end game as well there in terms of the elite missions like Fish of Woe, Underworld and Domain of Anguish, and you've got dungeons as well, and all those titles to keep you occupied. Mm -hmm. And it's worth noting as well that Guild Wars 2 will have titles, achievements in it. I've already seen them in there. They're good. And there's going to be so much to do at the level cap that it's... You won't... I don't think it'll be like raiding at all. I think it'll be more like when you hop on vent with, you know, five, maybe a little bit more friends, and you want to go take out a boss or something like that, but it's it's a much more complicated issue because, you know, if you log on as a healer in WoW, you're going to be meter mating all night, where it's a lot more active. You really have to think about, like, if you were going after the tank in Left 4 Dead or something that night with your friends, mm -hmm. I guess. So, Ian Putney says, I, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to point out how he started off. He said, hell to the folks at Relics. Well, thank you. Also, was this the size font that he sent it to you in? Yeah. Actually, people are doing this a lot. I just didn't <laughs> take the time to change this font. People are sending me huge font, which is easy to read, but it explodes the Google Doc, yep. which is a problem with Google Docs, mostly. Basically, what he says is, you know, do you think we're going to be able to make a hulking, brute female Norn? So we've kind of talked about that. I think as long as it doesn't become ridiculous and she looks like literally She-Hulk, because that would be weird. Why not? So, well, she looks steroid-ridden. There are some women who get very, very built up, so I think it should be an option. If you want to make your woman look like that, then you can do. Yeah, I guess so. Same way you should be able to make a scrawny guy on who's like terrible at being a warrior. <laughs> I challenge Chaz to do that, <laughs> since he wants to be a norm, and yeah. give him a fro while he's at it. I have to burp. I kept it quiet. Good. So are you thankful? Good. Nargooding asked... Oh? I was just going to say, unlike the one in the mashup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Nargooding asked for Chaz to test out a specific build. Um, we will see if he'll do that next time Chaz is on. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I didn't see any iTunes comments last I checked, which was Friday. So none of those. 
Although, I think iTunes is giving people fits now. They're like, those guys were talking crap about us last week, so no one can put comments in the show now. I feel dirty um, now, because um, I actually, with actually iTunes in, in the house, because uh, it was my husband's birthday this week, and I bought him an, an iPod Nano, and that means we have to have iTunes now, and I feel dirty. It is almost like a virus. Mm. Unfortunately, there are no good other um, MP3 players out there. Like non-Apple yeah. ones, they all seem to have disappeared. I got a Zen ages ago, like years ago, and that was really, really good. But it's a brick, and um, unlike me, uh, my husband goes running, so uh, he wants something small that he can not have to be weighed down with. So. I found an application that will actually attach ID3 tags to the MP3s that I'm making, so I was glad about that, but then I realized I still need iTunes to check comments. Like, the, the web page in the store for iTunes does show comments, but they're like four months old all the time. Oh, so I, I can't. Yeah, I can't really go with that. I would love to because then I could actually copy paste the comments too. Mm -hmm. I have to take a screenshot of the comments and post them in the show notes. That is stupid. God, I hate Apple. Ugh. All right. Relics is. I just choked. <clears throat> Relics is also compiling a Guild Wars community list. So any Guild Wars online resource out there, get in touch with us. You can do that by sending an email to relicsoforr at gmail dot com with a JPEG image, one eighty by one eighty pixels. Please make it a JPEG. I will have to convert it otherwise, which, being a Photoshop nut, isn't really hard. Lazy ass. Our Guild Wars Guild is also recruiting. Still, not for much longer, though. We only have about 15 places left. So if you want to be... If you want to, you know, reserve your place with us in Guild Wars 2 and still play with us also, then, you know, uh, what's the word? Time is running out! So see our forums for the application process. It's on our forums. Under guild slash alliance. Yeah, it's in there. Application process. Good. Okay. iTunes comments. We'll read them on the show. Please give us iTunes comments this week, guys. Um, the iTunes comments actually help us to be noticed in the iTunes market, which does a world of good for, you know, Guild Wars 2 as well, not just for us. Actually, it does, it does a world of good for the people at Guildcast and Guildmag also. So if you want to help them, give us a comment. <laughs> because, yeah, when you look us up, I mean, it says people who listen to this podcast also listen to, and the next one is for some dumb reason, I believe, Face Roll Show. But then it's, no, it's <laughs> Guildcast, Face Roll Show, and Guild Mag. So you'll be pimping my WoW podcast, but it's broken. So don't worry about that collateral damage. It's okay. Right. Please give us your comments. Please. Hey, right. enough begging. Swag is now in the Zazzle store. I did a Google search for Relics of Ore, in quotations, the other day. And like, all the Zazzle shirts were popping up, so apparently a lot of people are looking at these things. Come on, you know you wanna. <laughs> we have a donate button which has been used and will cause us to sing, and I will come up with another contest soon. I think the next contest that you have to do um, is uh, we have to do a parody, like get parody someone to rewrite rewrite the lyrics to a, a, a well-known song and um, sing it about Guild Wars oh, Two instead. I want Gemini to sing, we're calling it the Gemini duet, because it's two oh. people. Anyway, I want to sing Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic. Uh -huh. I thought that would be funny. It would be but good. But yes, if you want to donate to us, you can, or if you want to wait to see what embarrassing thing you get can get us to do, I guess you can do that also. Many thanks to Spirit for her donation. Um, you can also get in touch with us, or you you can send us your audio, uh, or ORR at gmail.com. Send us your MP3s, your OGGs, and your waves if they're small enough to fit as an attachment. What we're looking for are bumpers, um, just calls. If it's a call, try and keep it around a minute because that's when listeners, you know, aren't bored with what you have to say. Or it, 
seriously, guys, if you want to do a segment for the end of our show that we can always attach, like it'll be a weekly deal. That's awesome. Kind of like the the mashup or the um, dispatches from the Priory, those sorts of deals. Um, send those in if you have any idea, or if you think there's something we don't cover well enough, then yeah, that's a great opportunity to get involved. And also a sequel. The sequel scuttlebutt thing, I'm really starting to like because it changes every week. That's fabu. Instead of Wacko from Animaniacs. You guys are like, I don't know. Ryan's doing that diatribe. I have nothing to say. I know who Yakko come. is. I actually finally oh. know who someone you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody sent something about the Geico Gecko. I forgot now. Did I miss that email? I hope not. Or call at 708-202-9262. 708-202-9262. I don't know how that works for international, which is kind of a bummer because I think like half of our listenership is not from the U.S., which I'm, I'm not well, sad that you're all from not from the U.S., just saying you can't call. No. Well, when I called her, you did it from Skype, and it worked fine. So. Oh, okay. Cool. In that case, awesome. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to find that, we're Relics of Ore, or you can find a link to it in the upper left corner of our homepage at relicsoforr.com. And uh, even if you're not interested in joining the guild or anything, we just want the forums to be there for anybody that's into Guild Wars 2 even, preferably if you listen to the show, but you don't have to be part of the guild or anything. Uh, so check out our forums. We could use a few more bloggers. Um, yeah, just because it would be nice to have at least one post a week. Here, the past couple weeks, we've gotten multiples. Oh, Jim did this awesome one that was all about Embargo Beach. That was pretty sweet, man. He had the best photoshops I've ever seen. He even photoshopped Stummy's mug. Stummy, if you're listening, you might want to see that. And then we have Pie Day coming up, uh, next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's Sunday, uh, the 13th of March. Starting 8pm GMT in Rotterdam International 1. If you haven't looked at it already, the details are on our forum. I'll also be putting up a post probably midweek to remind you all to go and uh, check it out. And we'll have lots and lots of pie. You can also enter in um, various different competitions, even if you can't be in there in-game at the time. And you can win some pretty awesome stuff. We've got quite a big list of things. There's lots of ectos and arm braces and stuff for the Hall of Monuments. And so if you want some goodies, go check it out. Yep. He's doing a good job at uh, Aquila Haslin. He's doing an excellent job at promoting that. Yeah, he I've, is. I have this thing set up where it tells, it, it, it's a Google alert. And what it does is it tells me whenever Relics of War pops up in a Google search, like a new hit. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about us, I've probably seen it. Just saying. Anyway, that thing pops up and it's like, Pi Day! I'm like, damn, people know about Pi Day more than they know about the podcast. We need to get him on this. I think it's because it's being advertised a lot of places, because I've not any of a... Is it on... Um, it's on our site, it's on Guru as well, and Ink Gamers, and I put up mm. the promo on Split and Fancy this week with an audio as well, so... Nice. Yeah, lots of Oh, it... Hey, there's something, too, is I have a little Relics miniature promo that I gave to the Final Score podcast with Scott Johnson, and mm-hmm. I'm willing to use that anywhere, and I'm willing to play promos for other podcasts, too. So if you're a podcaster and you'd like to get a little integration happening, let me know. And get something together. Just keep it at about a minute. Make it spiffy. Um, but other than that, um, oh, I won't be here next week because I'm going to be getting scuba, scuba certified. Scuba, scuba Steve, damn you. <laughs> But that doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to have anything for you. We'll see. Um, but um, I guess it's, I have it's very likely I'll be taking the show next week. Yeah, and if you I don't like, like my voice, then you're definitely going to have a treat. And if you hate my voice, tough luck. <laughs> so other than that, I guess uh, I have the note here. Relics, big thanks to, and there's nothing. <laughs> no, <what? laughs>
well, we'll we see hate who, you I think. all. <laughs> um, big thanks to the artists, game developers, coders, modelers over at ArenaNet. You guys are awesome. John Stummy, <laughs> to you personally, we love you, man. We love you, man. Um, actually, um, I just want to say uh, we love St- Stefan Stefan Lopresti also because we're, we apologize for saying Stephanie at any point in time. Uh, huge thanks to Guild Wars Guru. That was Smithy, damn it, by the way. Smithy was the one who said that, dummy. Um, right, so, big thanks to Guild Wars Guru, Guild fans, Tocteria, oh, Dave Drashel for allowing me to use this laptop for the last time, because I'm getting a new one. It's going to be mucho sexy. Uh, who else do we want to thank? Split Infinity Radio. I want to thank them. Really? Yeah, I want to thank Weird, or Weird Al Gore. Weird Al Gore. For inventing the internet. <laughs> for inventing the internet for us so that we could do this show. Uh, yeah. And thank you to my hosts here today for being with us. Oh, and stay tuned for the mashup, once again, from Christian. And yeah, I guess that's it. Oh, hey, we, yes, I see that now. Nice cursor, by the way. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Life. Is like a sexually transmitted disease. It has a hundred percent death rate. <laughs> and mine is when you feel the most driven to say something, that's oftentimes the time when you should say nothing at all. So which true. I've not exercised at all today. Actually I have quite a bit. In all fairness, you've been holding it in most of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> kind of. Uh mine for this week is gonna be just shit happens considering what happened to me earlier on just before the show. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who uh, haven't caught me in various private channels, the drain backed up. Let's just put it like that. Unlike my failed attempt at a wheel of morality, here's an awesome attempt at a mashup. It's time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. Oh my goodness, you mean some people don't even listen to every episode. The only possible excuse this week is because you were too busy stealing Arena Next Thunder with the leaked thief reveal. Um, yes, this is a podcast about Guild Wars and perversion. I play the dumbass on this podcast so that other people can correct me. Good cop, dumb cop. (laughs) (laughs) My hands are shaking, my hands are shaking, but I'm still getting them. I'm still getting them. Boom, headshot! See? Hey, Chaz, I forgot about her this time. You feel better now? I expect to see an unhappy Chaz. Yeah, don't expect a happy Chaz. That's, that's not impossible. Sounds like a statistic that was made up on the fly. I glossed over and started making faces. There was almost like an Attenborough thing you did there. And now, the Chaz, in his natural habitat, giving signals to his peers in the group. New segment for Relics of War, Badass of the Week. Last week it was Tony and his amazing balls. I'm so manly, even my feet have balls. I have to burp. <laughs> Hope that was pleasant for all of you. <laughs> that was an epic burp. I'm gonna go with 9 out of 10. It was glorious. <laughs> it was lacking on length. That looks like a satchel. I will not receive your product. For a Guild Wars player, a good way to describe the Guardian might be to call it a warrior steak with a side of monk potato and a small helping of richless carrots all covered in paragon gravy. I will make it a pizza, yeah? I think personally, subscribers should sue Blizzard for not making Guild Wars 2 first. 
them. They gave them all that money, and they just threw it away making some cartoony BS. If ArenaNet does listen to this, they right there went, nice, yes, exactly. <laughs> I got halfway through that, and I'm like, what am I saying? This is dumb. <laughs>